Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, I'm Orlando Eastwood, director of On the Road, The Search for Bigfoot, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show. are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Aaron's Horror Show. I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We got more Sarge's Secret for you. All right. They're stuck on an alien planet. And they're in the deep woods. Which is a scary place. Let's see how scary. The same alien eyes visited Sarge in his dream. This time they were in his camp. The creature stood there, watching over them. It was hard to pin down the form, but it was slender and tall. There was a mist or writhing tentacles enshrouding its torso. It was hard to tell. The head was in a hood or maybe a helmet. It's like he's watching some blurred video in a ghost hunting show. The thing did nothing. It watched them. Sarge sensed there was something sinister about it. He attempted to move, but his body was paralyzed. Like the servos in a suit had locked up, he struggled to gain control of himself and alerted the creature of his presence. It turned its gaze and he could feel an intense stare. Sarge tried to scream, but nothing would come out. The eye moved closer and burned into his soul. He woke up. A commanding officer would have noticed that he was sweating. His heart was pounding and would have access to his biometrics. Since he was the ranking officers, the others didn't notice as they huddled around a portable burner where Wellesley had taken the coffee order seriously. Sarge leaned into the circle and Wellesley poured a cup of black sludge from an empty ammo cartridge into another smaller casing and handed it to Sarge. He told them that it was from Seattle and his family had been making coffee for generations. He had squirreled away some beans in his personal stash. The bittersweet beverage burned in his throat. It was good, but Sarge wasn't a fancy coffee drinker, so he couldn't distinguish between what he was drinking and the replicator sludge. Once they were finished, Sarge studied the audio maps for a bit. The terrain estimator had guessed the peak they could see would be pretty rough with thick trees and a steep climb. 
he ordered them to move out. They were already in the thick of the forest by the time the sun had climbed over the horizon. The buzz from the coffee wore off quickly, and some of the team had already injected some stimulants. While chemical enhancements were combined with drugs to reduce their chances of dependency, Sarge had seen too many soldiers come back from service with a problem. Half of the drug shacks, nicknamed by the local kids in the night district, regulars were men and women of service. Despite the enhancement chemicals in their med packs being touted as safe, Sarge had seen too much at this time. Sarge had it all figured out, unlike many of his compatriots who didn't know what they wanted after the war. He'd buy a plot of land in the woods somewhere, probably a planet where people were scarce and the land was cheap. He'd figure out something to raise and slaughter that would and bring some Kansas City barbecue to some corner of the galaxy. It wasn't much, but he figured he could afford it with the sergeant's wages and a hazard pay bonus. A ranch and a restaurant under a place with an actual sky. He'd pick Nicaragua if it was the most contested planet in the galaxy. He'd ignore the beasts that would rend him to a pulp and the natives who were rumored to be more vicious than the Shasharians. This place wasn't so bad. Sarge, Tom Hawk reported, he was scouting ahead of their location. The map registered him no more than a mile away. Sarge gave his hand signal to stop, and the others froze. Go on, Tommy. Someone's talking to us, Tom Hawk said. You got eyes on it? Or is that they're speaking to you crap? You know, the secret power of your people? My people lost the connection to the land long ago, sir. It's the trees. I noticed a distortion. What do you mean? Like a cloak and feel? Sarge said. A swordmaster would sometimes be spotted by a distortion they would leave behind. But that was usually too late for a person hoping to survive the encounter. That'd be something else. No, well, you should uh, just switch my feet and see for yourself. Sarge pulled up Tomahawk's point of view camera. At first, Sarge didn't know what he was looking at. It was forest shrubs and foliage. On a closer inspection of the imagery, he could see cracked branches to place soil and broken leaves. Tomahawk pointed to a trunk of a particular tree and zoomed into the spot. There were gouges, and they were big. Before Sarge could give the order, a blur of motion dropped from the treetops. It snatched Wellesley, dragging him upwards to the dense growth. Tara was quick on the draw and fired bullets in the canopy. Sarge fused just in time to see another creature coming for him. He pumped a few heavy rounds at the thing, and it squealed and receded away. Crusher cursed, dropped Makiarnak, and blasted one coming for her with her cannon. It shrieked and ran away. The creatures began to pop out at them. They were a pack of something that seemed to blend in to the scenery. So they only had a few seconds to react. They shot in every direction, knocking back critters and almost getting themselves in the crossfire. It wasn't until Sarge made a lucky shot that he began to understand what was really happening. It was something in the trees overhead and the forest itself seemed to shudder. That's when Sarge realized it wasn't a pack of creatures, but one large creature with a skin that was perfect camouflage for living in the treetops. It was almost a blob-like body that had tendrils that wove through the various branches with teeth at the end of them that could have made marks that he had seen earlier. Once the illusion of treetops overhead was broken, he was able to make a mouth or a feeding tube, rather, and he could see Wellesley being stuffed into it. Concentrate your fire there, Sarge ordered. 
and the others followed his lead. After pumping round after round into the body of the thing, it finally stopped moving, and Wellesley stood out, covered in muck. The creature was entangled in the trees overhead, and the limp body blended with the treetops. The only way he knew they killed the thing was the blood oozing to the ground. Mac Aranek sat up from where Crusher had dropped him. He pulled a sticky bandage from his head and said, What I miss? Sarge laughed, and the others let out a chuckle in relief. They filled their pilot on the event so far and checked on Wellesley. He was paralyzed by the poisonous compound unknown to the medical database, which meant the med pack would take a while to synthesize a cure. In the meantime, it would keep his heartbeat and his breath going to his lungs. His armor was mostly dissolved by the creature's digestive juices. Sarge decided to salvage what he could, including his family's coffee beans. They raked his med pack up to his body and created a makeshift stretcher from tree branches and parts of his armor. Meanwhile, Tomahawk used the opportunity to scout even further. He noticed a Krikshek beast feasting on some prey and wisely suggested wide berth. According to the records, the beast was fiercely territorial and highly protective of its kills. Since they already had one encounter today, they didn't want to chance another with a second creature. While they walked, Macarena commented on how a place reminded him of the domed forests of the Pacific Northwest. Sarge sometimes forgot his bunkmate was a rich kid who ran afoul of his pop. The domed woods were the playgrounds of the elite and were not a part of a national park system. Most people of Earth would never see a redwood tree in person, but other than having places that most people couldn't go, there was an ounce of snobbery in the guy. He didn't think he was better than anyone else. That's why Sarge liked him. Another life, Mackie Arnett could have been a kid from the Night District. The rest of the day went by with only minor confrontations. A few creatures that were a mix between jackals and lemurs pestered them. The critters threw rocks and other harmless projectiles at their armor. A few rounds in the air scared them off before one without armor got bruised. They avoided a herd of tri-horned beasts with stringy wispy hair and what looked like a mallet for a tail. Eventually, the poison affecting Wellesley wore off on its own, and they reset his med pack so it would stop futilely looking for a cure. Sarge checked a long wave bands and didn't get a connection. He tried the satellite comms without luck, which meant one of two things. The first, that the siege was unsuccessful, and the IF packed up and headed for Earth. The other option was that the comm barrier on the planet was localized and just not disabled yet. However, his team must have been blown so far off course that it really didn't matter how the ground battle was going. They'd miss out on it even if they were lucky enough to make their way back to civilization before the forest made short work of them. From the battle this morning to the nasties in the database they had yet to encounter and the dwindling supply of their atomic printer rations, they wouldn't last long. All of them were given bone and muscle enhancements to function in the gravity of the world. Without the upgrades, they would have had to drag their armorless compatriots the entire way, further hindering their ability to make it back. There's a good chance the IF would never come looking for them. He doubted their transponders had the range to signal someone who cared. It could take years to disable a planet-wide comms barrier, especially if individual surface units dotted the landscape. Though why the Shisharians wanted to keep the UP out of this area of the planet, Sarge couldn't figure out. Pretty much anywhere on the surface 
was an excellent place to dig for Decrin. From all the briefs, all the productive mining spots were within easy drain and close to the city. The Deep Woods was for crazy scientists with a curiosity more significant than their self-preservation instinct. The kooks thought they would make the next medical breakthrough by discovering something that no one else had ever seen, and they gravitated to their demise. By the sun slipped below the horizon, they had come across a clearing in the forest. It's good enough to set up motion sensors. They replicated a tent for the two members of the team, exposed to the elements. After the watch was set for the night, the sergeant went to sleep. He was greeted by the same creature that haunted his dreams the night before. All right. Creepy creatures in charge's dreams. So yeah, if you see the same creature night after night, might want to get that checked out.